podcast you're about to listen to is 100% going to have language that you do not want your children to hear. So, if you have children present or nearby, you may want to ask them to leave or put your headphones in, because I promise you, we will be cursing. Now let's get to the show. Code Sports Fantasy Football Family. We are back. Before we get into the show, though, let's talk about what happened last year. Uh, we ended the show last year around week eight or nine. Uh, let's be honest. It, it, it was a situation where Kevin and I were trying to just do too much, and the show was... It, it was just becoming, it just wasn't good. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, Kev would do a solo podcast. I would do a solo podcast. And the information we were giving you, you know, we were, let's be honest, we were burnt out. We were burnt out. You know, we were working our nine to five jobs. We were coming doing podcasts at night. You know, my schedule had changed. Kev's schedule stayed the same. And it ended up being a situation where we couldn't get on the podcast together very often. And, you know, Kevin had the situation with his dad. You know, anybody who listens to the podcast for a long time knows what that situation was. His dad passed away uh, and it just kind of snowballed into a headache that we just, you know, couldn't figure out. So instead of giving you a bad product and giving you bad information because we're rushing through it, we decided to just take a break, you know, try to get through the, you know, fantasy football season the best we could and you know it basically ended up that the show had to end uh last year but i have been listening to fantasy football podcasts different you know just for the past couple weeks and the information that i am hearing from some of these podcasts is just complete shit like i have to be completely honest it is terrible i'm like the things that i'm listening to them tell you it's just bad it's just bad information and it's it's lazy fantasy football predictions it's like it's not even predictions it's more like they're trying to tell you god knows what that like they're just giving you terrible terrible information and they can't explain it they can't explain why they're telling you the things they're telling you. I mean, like one of the things that I keep hearing from different fantasy podcasts is if you don't like a backfield or if you are interested in a backfield and, you know, there's two guys, just take the cheaper guy. That's just just what you do. What the like, what is that? If I'm listening to a fantasy football podcast and I'm trying to make a decision on player X and player Y don't give me 
take the later guy because guess what? The later guy might be shit. The later guy might be bad. I don't want, I want your information and intel to help me make a decision. And guess what? At the end of the day, it is your decision. And 100% it is your decision. But it is my job as a fantasy analyst to give you the information that I feel, right? And have you make a decision. So if I'm just telling you, oh, take the later guy. Bullshit. That's bullshit. That is me being lazy with my fantasy analysis and just telling you, I don't fucking know. Just figure it out. It's basically what they're doing to you. You know, there's just like so many different things that I listen to. And it's just like, oh, dude, what? Like, can you get any more lazy? Like, could you just, you know, you're spitting out shit. And the funny part is you'll listen to some podcasts and they'll tell you this and that, this and that, this and that. At the end of the podcast, you sit there and you go, I don't feel any different about any of the guys that I felt before I listened to this podcast because the information just wasn't good. It was bad. So listening to this shit literally put lit a fire under me and made me say, you know what? Like some people may not like our podcast. Some people may not like that. We curse. Some people may not like that. We give our information and, you know, Kev agrees with me or Kev doesn't agree with me and we talk about it and maybe they feel like, hey, I like this podcast better because X, Y, and Z. Regardless of the fact, we give you information and we back up our information. Like, I watch film, a lot of it. I do, you know, I look at the stats. I look at player profiler. I look at all types of different information, but to me... If you are looking at information and nothing else, you're basically looking to you're basically looking at the cliff notes of a book, right? You didn't really read the book. You just kind of read the cliff notes to get the gist of what's going on. And you're, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to be a fantasy analyst or a guy that gives a whole bunch of information, you should at least be you know be watching. You should. You know, I'm not telling you to watch 100 hours of film, but you should be watching football. That's like bare minimum. You got some fantasy analysts that literally don't do anything but look at numbers. Right? Then you have others that do nothing but look at tape. Like, you can look at all the tape in the world, but, you know, if you look at the numbers as well, then you kind of feel like, oh, okay, I have all the information. So what I am seeing on tape, the numbers show it. And what I am seeing in the numbers, the tape shows it, right? There's certain guys where that don't match. The numbers don't match the tape and the tape don't match the numbers. So, you know, you have to do both, in my opinion, to see what guys you like and what guys you don't. So after listening to this terrible shit for the past couple of weeks, I decided we're bringing the podcast back because I love doing this shit. I love coming on here, talking to you guys, doing all the grind, some people call it. I, It's fun for me. You know, I love doing it, and I decided that I'm just going to share it with you guys, no matter how many listeners we have. You know, it became so, – something happened last year where it became a listener game. Like, we were trying to get as many listens as possible. And at the end of the day – 
I don't care how many listens we have, really. Now that I sit and I really think back on everything that went wrong last year to snowball into what it turned into, we were just trying to do too much. At the end of the day, you guys listen to me because you feel I'm correct or you feel like I'm giving you a different take than maybe another fantasy analyst is giving you. You know, maybe Kev is giving you a different take than somebody else is giving you. And at the end of the day, my job and my purpose of coming on the podcast and doing this is to help you guys win your fantasy leagues. So that's enough of all that. We are going to get into it. So today we are going to be doing the top 36 running backs according to ADP, right? So according to ADP, and it's going to be according to ADP on Fantasy Pros. I like I like using Fantasy Pros just because the website's really super easy to use. It's really user-friendly. You kind of just, you know, PPR scoring, click on the running backs, go down to, you know, running back 36, and boom, you know, there it is. So let's get right into it. Looking at some of these ADPs, it's very interesting. And I do feel like there is a definite drop-off when you start getting into certain guys. Like when you get into the ADPs on Fantasy Pros, you can look at – so the next – let's just do 10. The next 10 running backs after the number 36 running back is Ken Walker, Michael Carter, James Robinson – James Cook, Alexander Madison, Darrell Henderson, Damian Pierce, uh, Naeem Hines, Raheem Mostert, J.D. McKissick. That's the next 10. So really when you look at it, a lot of pass catching running backs, a lot of guys in committee. Damian Pierce is moving up draft board, so I don't think that's going to hold. I mean, I, I could definitely see him getting a cl lot closer to the top 36, if not breaking the top 36 in the next week or two. Uh, you know, as the preseason wraps up, James Cook, He's right where, you know, I feel like he's going to go. And the rest of the guys there, Naeem Hines, I think Naeem Hines is going to stay where he is, but he should be moved up. I, I mean, I he in my draft, you know, I take him as a top 36 running back, and I have, them that, I have him that way in my rankings. So, to me, Naeem Hines has just been getting talked up, and, and I know he has been talked up, you know, in previous years. But really it's been like on-off every other year for Naeem Hines, you know, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. You know what I mean? It, it's a situation where Naeem Hines, to me, getting Matt Ryan, going to be involved in the passing game because Matt Ryan likes to throw to his running backs. It, it, I just, Naeem Hines to me is is a running back that could possibly lead the league in, in receptions. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, am I, am I projecting him for that? No, but he could definitely do that. And not a guy that I'm scared to take in the top 36 at all, especially in PPR. Yeah, I mean, not we're a PPR podcast. We tell you that, guys, all the time. So let's look at the top 36. So I'm going to go guy by guy, but it's going to be quick. You know what I mean? Until we get into, like, the top 10 where I'm, you know, well, really the top 20. I'll start getting into a lot more information, you know, when we get into the top 20. So. Melvin Gordon, I think is you know he's a safe top thirty six running back. He's gonna he's gonna see touches. He may not see you know a fifty fifty split there, but a sixty forty split, even if it's a sixty five thirty five split, Melvin Gordon can produce. Uh, we've seen it. He's he's been productive with 
you know, splitting the work. And if he gets, let's say, 40% of the running back touches, I still think that offense with Russell Wilson in it is just going to be better. So Melvin Gordon is the guy that I feel pretty confident is going to be definitely a top 36 guy. I wouldn't put him more, you know, much higher than like 32, 31, because I just don't see the upside unless there's a Javante Williams injury. Other than that, he's a guy that you can put in your flex and he's going to be safe and solid for you. Ramondre Stevenson is running back 35. In my opinion, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that... Uh, he definitely has more upside than where he's being drafted. He's being drafted at the 103. Um, he's definitely got more upside than... Then I think people are giving him credit for just because he could be the passing catch, passing downs back for the New England Patriots. We saw it last year. He was basically in a 50 50 times player at the end of the season with Harris. I like Ramondre Stevenson better than I like Damian Harris just with my eyeballs. My eyeballs tell me he's a better running back. So I don't see how if. And Bill Belichick is one of those guys. If you are the best player, you're going to play, right? That's what we hear out of Bill all the time. Do your job, right? Do your job. If you do your job better than everybody else, then you should be playing, right? So if Damian Harris were to get traded or if Damian Harris was to get injured or, you know, if Ramondre is just showing that he is producing with less touches at a better rate than Harris, he could definitely take that job and – Right, it's going to be a situation where a lot of people are going to be real happy they took him at the 103 is where he's you know basically going right now. Chase Edmonds, the next back. Chase Edmonds, I think he's going to be the pass catching back for this team. A lot of people are are penciling him in to be more than that, and I just don't see it. Right, I just I can't I can't see it because. He has not, like, he's basically been the pass catcher with the Cardinals. He wasn't, you know, they tried to make him that guy, and he just fell apart. You know what I mean? Injuries, not a very big guy, small guy, shifty, great. Use him in the passing game and let the bigger backs run the ball. It's kind of the thing, right? And Raheem Mostert, to me, is a guy that is hurt all the time, and, and I just don't want that headache, right? I, I can almost guarantee you, like, without a question of a doubt, that if everyone is passing on Sony Michelle, he's running back 240, it would not surprise me if Sony Michelle was the lead running back for the Miami Dolphins. And when I say lead, I don't mean gets all the touches. I mean the guy who touches the ball on first and second down, and then they use... Edmonds in the pass catching role. It would not surprise me at all. Everybody's writing Sony off, and guess what? Sony's still there. Unless I hear that Sony gets cut before pre- the end of the preseason, I'm not going to be surprised if he leads this team in touches in in running back touches. You know, out of the backfield. So, just a situation that you guys should definitely keep in mind, and uh, you know, 
take Edmonds as a PPR guy that can be very good in PPR. In standard, I'm not touching him just because I think Sony is going to be that guy. And in Sony, you can get for free at the end of your draft, and it's not going to do really anything. All right, Rashad Penny is the next guy we're going to talk about. Running back 33, he is going at 88 overall. Rashad Penny, we saw what he did in the last six or seven games of last season. Dude was amazing. He was the basically the best running back in football, pure running back in football. Like it, he was awesome, right? You lose Russell Wilson. The quarterback situation there makes me nervous. Uh, you know, Penny's always hurt. It's just so many combination of things that makes you nervous about, you know, Rashad Penny. But it's a situation that I feel like he is a very good running back, pure running back, you know, not a good pass catcher, uh, not a guy that I think they're going to have catching the ball a whole lot. And, you know, let's be honest, they're probably not going to be dumping it off to the running backs a whole lot. Uh, in this offense. Uh, so Penny is a guy that I feel could be in the top 24 just because if they, you know, if this defense can play, I don't want to say great because they're definitely, a, this is not a great defense. This is a bad defense. But if they can play and keep them in games and the quarterbacks can keep them in games, Penny's going to get a lot of touches. And in losing situations where they're down two touchdowns, I still feel like they're going to run the ball because that's just Pete Carroll. He's just, I don't know, it's just something in this dude that he's just like, I don't give a shit what no one else says. I'm running the ball because I feel like I'm. that's how we're going to win. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're down two touchdowns, three touchdowns, I need to run this rock. And, and hey, if as long as Penny is healthy, he's going to be that he's going to get that work and uh just a guy that i like you know i i like where he's going in drafts kareem hunt is running back 32 kareem hunt there's a couple different scenarios that could end up working out that kareem hunt could be really good let's go with the first one he stays in cleveland he's the pass catch you know pass catching back for the team he still gets you know let's say 35 percent of the of the running back carries along with his pass catching ability and we've seen what he can do in that role it's going to be good he gets traded he goes to a team that you know he starts off as the two until he learns the playbook and then he overtakes the number one and then boom you have kareem hunt right for the rest of the season as a you know in my opinion a rb1 depending on what team he goes to because kareem hunt i feel like is a top 12 running back in the league when you're talking about total talent so, and then the third scenario is, you know, he stays in Cleveland and there's a, an injury to Nick Chubb and he's a running back one. So, you know, all three of those scenarios could end up working out. You know, we don't know which one of those scenarios is, but Kareem Hunt, where he's going at RB32, you know, at the 82nd overall pick, I feel like you don't, you're not losing here. Just, you know, if you need a third running back, Kareem Hunt is that dude. I mean, and if you are, you know, if you went wide receiver heavy and you get Kareem Hunt as your number two, I don't think that's going to hurt you either because I don't think his floor, I think his floor is pretty safe and I think his ceiling is huge if, if certain circumstances happen. Tony Pollard is number 32. Uh, you know, I'm taking Hunt over Pollard. I'm taking 
Penny over Pollard. I'm taking Ramondre Stevenson over Pollard. Just everybody wants to be a Tony Pollard enthusiast and jump on this dude and get him to play. You know, get, put him in a game, y'all. Put him in a game. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be the best running back in fantasy football, and that's bullshit. Like, let's just be honest. Tony Pollard is not the biggest dude in the world. Is he explosive? Yes. But guess what? Teams don't game plan for Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard don't get enough touches to be game planned for. All right? That's just the way it is. I, I don't – do I think the guy is a good football player? Hell yeah. I think on tape he shows good things. But when you – it is completely different when you are the guy that teams are – worried about you know you're the guy that teams are going to game plan for you know when you're just coming in you got some you know teams are stacking the box to try to stop Zeke right they're not used to Tony Pollard coming out of the backfield doing a little shifty shit you know what I mean so he gets off his little runs here and there but at the end of the day Zeke is the guy for the Dallas Cowboys like when the owner says that the offense needs to run through Zeke and the coach says Zeke is going to be a huge part of our offense like I don't know why you guys are trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. Like it just, it's not going to work. It is what it is. Like stop trying to remake fantasy football. Fantasy football ain't hard. It's very easy. Just listen, right? And take what you've seen over the past couple of years. When Zeke is healthy, he's the guy. They owe this dude like $12 million this year. They're not going to to sit Zeke for Tony Pollard. I don't give a shit what nobody says. It's not happening. So just, you know, hey, next year, all that all that guaranteed money comes off the books, and maybe next year they ship him off into the sunset, and he goes to wherever the hell he goes and finishes up his career. But this year, I think they're going to run Zeke into the ground. Like, I think they're going to use Zeke up because it is what, like, they're, let's be honest, they don't have a whole lot of, of, viable NFL pass catchers like these, you know, they got two that have produced in the league and then everybody else kind of question mark. So it is what it is. I, Zeke is going to be the dude, Tony Pollard. He either got to wait for an injury or he's got to wait until next year. It, sorry. Cordell Patterson is the 30th, you know, oh, 77 running back taken. Oh, man. So I'm just going to say this. I really like Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier, and I know he's going later in drafts. He's pick 181, you know, 53rd overall running back. I would say get him late in drafts. I, you know, I mean, I do think that Cordell Patterson is definitely going to be worked in, in, you know, in the running game, the passing game. You know, he's going to be an all-around running back for that team. But – I think more carries are going to go to Algier. I think Algier can catch the ball well out of the backfield. And, you know, he's played the position for a whole lot longer than Cordero Patterson is. So I could see the season starting off where Cordero is the is the guy, the main guy getting more, more and more of the touches. But as the season progresses and Atlanta starts to know that they have to start seeing what's going on, Algier by week six, seven could start really outproducing Cordero Patterson. So if you're taking Cordero, you need to be, you need to have that in the back of your head, right? You need to know that there's a possibility that they they shift things and they say, you know what, we're this is not a season we're going to the playoffs. You know we're starting to lose a lot of games. Let's start seeing what we got so that we know what we're going into next year in the NFL draft. 
All right, so Devin Singletary. Like, why is everybody poo-pooing this dude? Like, he basically won people fantasy football championships last year. And I know that Zach Moss, they're saying Zach Moss is going to be utilized. He's going to be used more and blah, 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 blah. I do see a world where Zach Moss does take some goal line work away from Devin Singletary. But Devin Singletary is going to be used in this offense, right? Like, the dude showed it last year in the last game, six games of the season, in the playoffs. I mean, he scored two touchdowns against uh, against the Patriots. He, he was awesome in that Patriots game, right? Like, the dude has shown up and shown out when he's gotten the opportunity. And I don't think they're going to take it away from him because, you know, Cook is not taking his job. Let's just Let's just put that out there right now. Cook is not taking his job. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. I don't know. But for this year, he's not taking his job. And, it, and I don't even think that's a thought in Buffalo's head. You know, Cook needs to get the, you know, pass blocking down. He needs to get the playbook down. He needs to get his feet up under him before he's going to take Devin Singletary's job, a guy who's been solidified as the number one running back there. And, you know, it is what it is. Devin Singletary is going to be good this year. I think he's a safe, you know, RB, you know, RB end of the RB2s, beginning of the RB3s. I think he's just going to be safe out there, and you don't have to worry about Devin Singletary as much as everybody else is telling you. Damian Harris, I hate this pick. Like, I don't – I just want to stay away from Damian Harris. I'm just going to be honest. Like, do I think Damian Harris is going to be the guy in the beginning of the season? Yes. I 100% believe that he's going to get more touches, you know, than Ramondre Stevenson. But I don't think that's going to be long. I don't think that's going to be by week four or five. Like – uh, Ramondre is just uh, my eyeballs tell me Ramondre is a better player. So if the Patriots want to win games, you put your better players on the field. And that's just plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I like Damian Harris uh, as a goal line guy, but, you know, and maybe he, he stays on the team and keeps that role. So, yes, he's going to be a guy that produces, but not a guy that I think is, is not a guy I'm taking over Devin Singletary and or Kareem Hunt or Rashad Penny or, you know, Ramondre, I'm not taking him over Ramondre Stevenson. I'll just be, I'll just be honest. It is what it is. All right, so Miles Sanders, running back 27. Miles Sanders, okay, so I think people – the hamstring right now is, is what worries me because from what we saw in the preseason in that first week, and I know, you know, it's the first week of preseason. They're just kind of, you know, winging it, and they're not really game planning or anything like that. But Miles Sanders looked good. He looked good catching the ball. He looked good. You know, they didn't really run the ball because they just threw the ball like whatever, seven straight times, and I think they ran it once. But, you know, he was being used in the passing game. Miles Sanders, we know what he can do in the running game. You know, he's a big play waiting to happen. Uh, you know, the zero touchdowns last year, everybody wants to keep throwing it in your face and the whole bullshit of him saying, oh, don't draft me in fantasy. That was a frustrated running back saying, you know, all these motherfuckers are sliding in my DMs giving me bullshit about how – I'm not scoring you fantasy points. Like, let's be honest. And at most NFL players, I would say 95% of NFL players do not give a shit about your fantasy team. They could care less, right? And Miles Sanders happens to be one of those guys. So what he was saying there is, you know, most pe people are talking out their ass because they didn't watch the video. You have fantasy analysts going, oh, yeah, he said this and blah, 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 because they didn't watch. If you watch the video, he was being super sarcastic. He was rolling his eyes. He was, yeah. he was like, yeah, your fantasy team, fuck your fantasy team is basically what he said without saying it because he can't say that on TV. So, 
you know, he basically said, don't draft me. I mean, fuck your fantasy team. Don't draft me. Right. So everybody's blowing that up. That's stupid. But Miles Sanders is a guy that, you know, we know can take, take it 70 yards. He's going to score touchdowns this year. I know, you know, I know everybody wants to say, Oh, he, he's a, uh, you know, scored no touchdowns last year. But, like, what are the chances of him doing that again? If this dude gets, let's say, 60% of the, the Eagles' workload, which is probably right around where I think he's going to be, 55 60%, you know, and then you obviously got to take into account Jalen Hurts and, and the other running backs on the team taking the rest of those carries. Miles Sanders is going to be is good. Uh, this is a dynamic Eagles offense with a great offensive line, if not, you know, the best offensive line in football. And, you know, you bring in A.J. Brown, you bring in, you know, just everything that they have done to make this team better makes me want to have, you know, Miles Sanders late because I feel like Miles Sanders could have a very good fantasy season and people are just like, well, you know, he he sucks. And, you know, uh, do I think Miles Sanders is as good as I thought he was coming out of college? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really high on Miles Sanders, and I'll be the first one to admit it because in, on this podcast, we're not scared to admit when we're wrong. I mean, I thought he was going to be very good. I thought it was a possibility to be a top 12, you know, top 12 fantasy running back, and he, he's just not that. I mean, especially with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. But Miles Sanders is the guy that's going to produce for you. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets into the top 24, uh, you know, as an, a very solid RB two for you all season long a guy that you're starting every single week and you know he produces as long as he's healthy Clyde Edwards Hilaire <sighs> all right so Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the next running back 26 going 65th overall you know <sighs> Isaiah Pacheco is creeping up on this dude let's just be honest uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been moving up board fantasy boards with the quickness this dude went from like undrafted to now he's getting drafted in like round 11 you know i've seen him go as early as round nine you know what i mean and I, I i've heard other people tell me he goes in you know the seventh round which is insane that is just way too early um but i think they're going to try to give ch the role and see what happens and you know i i definitely think Pacheco could be a guy that is the number two and see some work. And, you know, if he continues and, and the struggles continue with CEH, you know, this is a guy in the second half of the year that I'm going to be interested in. In the first half of the year, I'm, 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 you know, he's going, he's just going too high for my liking. You know, other fantasy analysts are going to tell you, oh, you got to take him. But, you know, CEH, they're not, there has been no bad news about CEH coming out of camp, you know, to say, Pacheco's taking the job, right? There's not been nothing that's like, oh my God, CEH has been terrible. He's missing blocks. He's, you know, not not looking good at camp, or you know, and we haven't really heard any of that. So, at the end of the day, Pacheco second half of the year could, you know, could be a guy that we're looking at, you know, as a fantasy producer. But in the first half, he's just gonna, you know, he's just gonna get some work. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be a guy you're comfortable starting. You know, at least for the first six weeks of the season, I would say. All right, so A.J. Dillon is running back 25. He's going 66th overall. He's actually going behind CEH, which I just don't understand. A.J. Dillon is just an awesome running back. Like, let's just be honest. The dude is awesome. He gets 
He can catch the ball. The dude has quads for days. He runs hard. He'll run you over. He'll he'll do his little juke. You know, it's not a huge juke move, but he's got a nice little shiftiness to him. You know, a guy who can catch the ball out of, out of the backfield, and he's fast as shit for his size. He's just a big dude that, you know, guys don't like tackling. And I think he's going to get a lot of work this year. You know, I think both of those running backs are going to get a lot of work this year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 50-50 split and both of these guys. I, I definitely think Jones is the better pass catcher here, and he's going to be used more in that role. But A.J. Dillon's going to catch passes. It wouldn't surprise me if he had 30 and Jones had 60 catches at the end of the season. You know what I mean? And, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was more like, you know, 60-40 or, you know, 70 35 like I, I just think these running backs are going to get a lot of passes thrown to them because of this one the wide receiver situation on this team so I, I like Dylan where he's going I have no problem I actually would take him higher because right now he's going still going behind guys like Antonio Gibson and Brees Hall like I just don't see I'm not taking either one of those guys ahead of AJ Dillon I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you know, Gibson is just free falling and Brees Hall is behind Michael Carter. Like like just let's let's just be honest about it. If you watch what they're doing, Michael Carter is the starter. Brees Hall is is, is relieving him on a bad football team. Do I think that that is going to be all year long? No. I do think eventually Brees Hall will take more of the touches. But Michael Carter is not going away. Michael Carter is going to be a thing as long as he's healthy. He is going to be a part of this team. He's going to be on the field. They get they need they need all the dynamic playmakers on the field that they can get, and they're not going to remove Michael Carter to take to make Brees Hall the starting running back. That's just you know eventually Brees will take that job. But this team is bad. This is a bad football team with a bad quarterback, and until they figure out what to do in that situation, it's just it is what it is. So Antonio Gibson, just like I said, he's free falling. I don't even want to talk about Antonio Gibson. Like I want nothing to do with Antonio Gibson. He's going fifty second overall. I know guys are are you know you got your two schools of thought. You have Antonio Gibson is the much better, more talented guy. Blah 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 blah. He is going to be, you know, good because Ron Rivera is going to give him the opportunity. Then you have your other guys saying that if he fumbles week one, it's a wrap. This dude ain't never playing again for that team. So, you know, in my opinion, I don't like putting headaches onto my team. I, you know, I, mean, it, it, I like to try to avoid the headaches. So I will draft running backs sooner so that I don't have to take Antonio Gibson, Right. Or I will wait a little bit later and let get a wide receiver there at you know in the fifty second slot, and and take a running back in the next round. You know a Devin Singletary, a you know Damian, no not Damian Harris, but Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I'd rather have like it's just I'm just staying away from from Gibson. I can't do it. I love J.K. Dobbins. He's the next running back, twenty two. He's going fifth fiftieth overall. I love J.K. Dobbins. I think the dude is one of the most dynamic running backs in football um you know i don't think he's going to be a, a prolific pass catcher i think people have uh pipe dreams thinking that because you know lamar if lamar gets in trouble lamar's first instinct is to run it's not to dump it off to the running backs now do i think jk could be a guy that catches 25 30 balls i think that's probably his ceiling 
not not his floor. Uh, I think his floor could be 15, 20 catches, right? So I, I do think J.K. is is not going to be a huge factor in the passing game, but I think this dude is so dynamic as a runner that if he gets 200 carries, 225 carries, and let's say another 20 catches, 25 catches, uh, he's going, in my opinion, he's going to be a top 15 running back, and I love that guy. Like, And his role will only grow as the season goes on and he stays healthy and he you know, starts getting his legs back under him. So you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if J.K. ended with you know, 250 total touches. It's, it's a situation where J.K. is by far the best running back on that team. And, uh, you know, as long as he can stay healthy and he can continu- continue to progress, uh, I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. Elijah Mitchell, the dude is just always hurt. I, I mean, I like what I see out of him. I really like Elijah Mitchell, man. When I watch this dude on tape, he is a fun guy to watch, right? Little guy, shifty, runs hard, uh, you know, can make guys miss. He does basically everything really pretty good. Like, I, there's nothing, there's no real, like, I see, when I watch his game, I, I don't sit there and go, mm, this guy is kind of, he's kind of ass. Like, there's, I don't ever say that. I think he's a very good, you know, a very good running back that went, obviously, way too late in the draft. Uh, but the injury is just, you know, he played 11 games last year, and you know, he's already banged up in camp and, and all that. I mean, I think Elijah Mitchell is definitely the San Francisco running back I want to own, but I don't know how much I'm going to have him just because, you know, if you can't stay on the field, then it really hurts your fantasy value. So a guy that I would love if he could get, you know, if we could get 14 games out of him, 15 games out of him, I would love that. But I don't know if we're getting that. So a little nervous. Josh Jacobs is running back 20. I think people are overreacting a little bit with Josh Jacobs. I don't think White is going to take his job. I, and I mean, like people were saying, oh, he's playing so much in the in the preseason game. And I was one of those people. I, I mean, I was like, damn, like, why do they got this dude playing in the Hall of Fame game? Like, he's just starting. But then I watched it again, and they played everybody. Like, it wasn't just him. They played Drake, and they played White, and they played they played all the running backs. So, you know, I think it was a situation where they wanted to get those guys some work and see see what they had, and you know, it is what it is. I think Jacobs is going to be used. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't think he's going to be a huge pass catching factor. I think Amir Abdullah is. You know, now that they cut Kenyon Drake or they're getting ready to cut Kenyon Drake, I think Amir Abdullah uh, is the guy they have slotted in for that role. So I don't think Jacobs needs to be the pass catcher, but I do think he's going to catch some balls, and I think he's going to probably have two hundred and twenty five carries on the season. You know, maybe two hundred. Uh, with, you know, same thing, like 25 catches, something like that, uh, just because I think Amir Abdullah is a guy that they want to get the ball in his hands. They, they like what they see out of him, and, you know, the t- coaching staff is excited about him. So Josh Jacobs is a guy that I mean, I don't, I'm not super confident that he's going to be amazing this year, but I, I don't think his touches are just going to disappear like everybody's acting like. Uh, you know, he's still going to be all right. Travis ATN. <sighs> okay, so – Travis Etienne is a guy that a lot of people love, and I have a serious issue. And I had this issue watching Travis in college, right? Like, and I had I had actually was reading my notes the other day about when I was watching tape of Travis Etienne last year. You know, obviously we broke down all the rookie running backs last year, all the rookie wide receivers, and we you know we do that every off season. But 
Travis Etienne bounces everything outside. Like it is the most annoying thing. Like, it, like if he would have just turned upfield, turn in upfield, he would get way more yards. But he is just so quick to turn things outside, and coaches hate that shit. Like that is gonna get old real quick, uh, especially with a coach like Doug Peterson who knows, you know knows football and played at the quarterback position knows what he wants his running backs to do and bouncing shit outside all the time is a very quick way to lose touches i'm just telling you guys that now travis atn i think is a very good pass catching running back so i do think he has a specific role but if james robinson gets healthy right and he is like fully healthy by week one I fear that Travis Etienne is going to be a strict pass catching back that people are taking, you know, maybe not strict pass catching back. He's going to get some carries, but it wouldn't be surprising if he got eight carries and, you know, six targets a game, something like that. Six targets and, you know, or eight, I mean, six carries and, you know, six to eight targets a game, something like that. Like, especially the way he's bouncing shit outside. That's going to piss people off. That's going to piss coaches off real quick. All right, so Cam Akers is 18. He's uh, the 36th pick off the board. That is in round three. Um, so I have mixed feelings about Cam. Everybody says this shit about, you know, Henderson and how he is the 1A or the 1B, two Cams, 1A. Oh, they're going to split carries and blah, blah, blah. But that's just not the way Sean McVay has played. I mean, like when running backs were healthy last year, watching this team play, you know, when they had healthy running backs, those guys got the bulk of the carries. Like they were on the field more than anybody else. And, and they had a rotation because all these guys were getting hurt. I mean, Cam lost in the beginning of the season, Henderson, Sony, like it, it, those guys were the guys when they were healthy. Right. So I think that Cam is going to get that kind of treatment, right? Like, it's not going to surprise me if Cam leads that team and carries by a lot, right? Like, but in the same breath, I need, I need to see Cam be Cam of rookie season, right? And, and – Guess what? Last year, everybody wants to say, you know, he was terrible in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. The dude was coming off of an ACL tear, going up against five of the best run defenses that football had to offer, right? Like, I think it's kind of crazy to look at it and say that he was anything other than okay because – he came off an Achilles tear in six, not even six months. It was like five and some change months. And he played like nobody even thought he was, he had a chance to play and he came back and played like that just shows you the work ethic and trying to get back on the field. Uh, so to me, uh, you know, I think, I just think he's going to be the better guy. Really? Yeah. I, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I, I'm not scared of Cam Akers. I, I mean, I probably would draft him higher. Draft him higher than David Montgomery. Draft him higher than James Conner. Or no, not James Conner. Uh, you know, definitely David Montgomery. There's no doubt in my mind I'm drafting him over David Montgomery. Um, yeah, I like Cam. 
All right, so David Montgomery is the next guy. This offensive line is so fucking bad, dude. Like, the worst offensive line ever. This may be the worst offensive line I've ever seen. This Bears team is doing Justin Fields a complete fucking disservice. Like, they should just fire everyone. Uh, like, just everyone. Everyone has anything to do with what is going on with Justin Fields because they are like, I don't. Like, I've never seen a team try to make a quarterback fail harder than they are trying to make Justin Fields fail. Like, it makes no sense. Did you see that Seahawks preseason game? The Seahawks were like one of the worst defensive lines in football last year. And, dude, they were in the backfield every play. My man was running for his life on every play. They had to start rolling him out to the left side of the field for him to even get an open pass off. It is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in in my time watching football. The the uh, the only line that I can compare to what this Chicago Bears offensive line is is the Houston Texans when they started their expansion team and and had David Carr running for his fucking life in every game. Like that's what this is going to be. Now the difference is Justin Fields is a much more athletic quarterback, but he is going to be running for his his damn life the whole time and that does not spell good things out for David Montgomery. Right? And he needs a shit ton of dump off passes for me to even think that he is a viable fantasy option because I just don't see how this team is going to make him a, this offensive line will make this guy a thousand yard rusher. That's how bad this offensive line is. I would be surprised if David Montgomery runs for a thousand yards, right? And that's fucking crazy. I'm just staying away from David Montgomery. I'm staying away from all Chicago bears, except Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney and maybe super late, super late, you know, I'll take Cole Komet. But other than that, like, I don't want anything to do with this Bears team because I don't think Justin Fields is going to make it through the season with as much pressure he's, he's going to be under. And it only takes one bad sack and a roll of ankle or, you know, and I don't want that to happen. I'm knocking on wood for the kid because I love Fields, but I, I just – I can't see it. All right, so the next guy is James Conner. You know, people keep talking about – James Conner regression in touchdowns. Guess what? The Cardinals get in the red zone a shit ton, and they like to run the ball in the red zone. So I have no fear of James Conner. James Conner to me is the last, you know, of the guys that I feel super, super confident in. You know, all the guys I'm going to talk about, you know, coming up, I feel super confident in. I, I, I would love to have either as my number, number one running back if I went heavy wide receiver or as my number two running back, uh, you know, if I have, you know, a really good number one. Like I feel confident in all these guys. So James Connors, you know, 18 touchdowns last year, 15 rushing, three receiving, you know, he started later on the season. Surprisingly enough, he started actually being used more in the passing game uh, later on in the season, which was kind of crazy. I think he, I think he was like number two in the last six games or seven games of the year. I think he was like the number two pass catching back in all of fantasy football, which is kind of fucking nuts. So, you know, if James Conner is going to be the guy, because I just don't see anybody else on that team that's going to, you know, take his role, period. Uh, James Conner is going to be a focal point of this offense, especially with the suspension 
of DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, a guy that I really like and, uh, yeah, not scared to take him at all. All right, so we're just going to lightning round these guys. Ezekiel Elliott, like I said, I think he's going to get shit a ton of carries. I'm not worried about Zeke. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, his efficiency has not been great, but he's still a guy that's going to score 10 touchdowns, you know, almost without question, in my opinion. So, you know, Zeke is super safe. Saquon Barkley is running back 14. He's going 24th overall. I have Saquon at number five. I think he's my running back five. I love Saquon this year, and I know Kev was super high on Saquon last year, and, you know, this podcast likes Saquon Barkley, but the dude is just fucking awesome. He's just the most dynamic, you know, total dynamic football, you know, wide running back in all of football. And if he's healthy and this offensive line gets a little better and Daniel Jones can, can keep this offense on time, I just feel like Saquon could have a huge, massive, ridiculous year. And uh, he has RB1 upside, like the number one overall running back upside. Uh, so, you know, I love Saquon's upside. I love Saquon as a running back. So I'm taking him a lot higher than most people. Leonard Fournette is running back 13. He's actually going right behind uh, Saquon Barkley. <sighs> Leonard Fournette is just not a very... I don't want to say good running back. He's just not like a, he doesn't do anything like amazing at all. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he came in probably 35 pounds overweight this year. Um, you know, that's not a good look for one, you know, and he always seems to gain weight and lose it in the off season, uh, you know, when and he comes to training camp. So that, you know, that, cause that, I guess they're kind of used to that a little bit, but Leonard Fournette just, he's not a good pass catcher. He's not super, you know, flashy or runs hard, you know, runs fast or, you know, he's not really anything special. You know, he just is Tom Brady's guy. Like, he, Tom Brady likes to throw it to him a lot. And it wouldn't surprise me if this year is where they go, eh, well, Leonard Fournette, you know, you're just not doing it. And, you know, we like this kid white. And we're just going to give him a little more opportunity. And, and then it just ends up being Leonard Fournette loses the passing game role. And if he's not catching passes, Leonard Fournette is a shit running back, you know, for, for your fantasy football team because his catches is what made his fantasy season last year. He was not great. He was not good at all in the, in the running game. And he just caught a shit ton of passes. Aaron Jones is RB12 going at overall 20. I love Aaron Jones. I think he's going to catch you know, 60 to 70 balls, maybe more. Uh, I could see him with 150 carries. He's not a guy that needs 250 carries to be productive. I mean, with 150 carries and 60, 60 total catches or, you know, 70 total catches, he is going to be redonkulous. He is just ridiculously good in space. He's a guy that can break off huge chunk runs. I love this dude. And Aaron Jones, he's also going to get goal line. You know, he's not going to get all the goal line work because, you know, obviously you have that tree trunk running dude behind him. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Aaron Jones is definitely a guy that I'm drafting higher than this. I'm drafting him. Probably he's my wide running back seven. Uh, I have him ahead of Joe Mixon. So, you know, love that dude. Javante Williams is uh, running back 11 right now, going at running back, going at, the 21 first overall pick, uh, Javante Williams, just, I think this is going to be his year. Like, I really do. I think Javante shows that he is, you know, the guy for Denver. I, I, I mean, I, 
Melvin Gordon's like I said, still going to get his touches, still going to get work, still going to be you know a guy that's used in the in the you know pass passing and running game, but you know thirty five percent of the touches, like I said, and Javante, you know if he gets to sixty five, he's going to be ridiculous. Nick Chubb going at uh, running back seventeen. I like Nick Chubb. I, you know what I mean the dude is just in my opinion the best pure running back in football and as long as he can stay healthy the dude's double digit touchdowns and probably 14 1500 yards rushing and would not surprise me at all so i like nick chubb super safe alvin kamara should be higher i mean he does not look like he's going to be suspended and if you can get alvin kamara in the second round your team is just going to be stupid so you know i love alvin kamara and i'm cool with that deandre swift uh, wants to be a thousand thousand guy. That's what he's telling the coaches, and that's what he said. You know, he believes he can do this year. Uh, I gotta see it to believe it. But I love DeAndre Swift's talent, and I think DeAndre Swift is a super shifty, uh, very good running back that could see, you know, a bunch of targets and a bunch of carries because I think they just want the ball in his hands as much as they can possibly get it to him. So DeAndre Swift is a guy that I really, really like this year. Joe Mixon, he's a top eight running back for me. You know. Just solid, very solid. You don't have to worry about Joe Mixon. He's going to be in your starting lineup every single week, and he's just going to produce for you. You know, uh, some weeks he's going to produce a shit ton. Other weeks he's going to produce, you know, 10, 12 fantasy points for you. But, you know, he plays in a tough division, but he's he's super safe. Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy for 16 games or 17 games, he's which he's never done, uh, Dalvin Cook's going to be the number one running back in fantasy football. I think he's going to catch more balls than he ever has this year. I think he's going to get more carries than a year, you know, than than basically any other year. I think he's going to be about the same as he always is in carries, and I just think he's going to get the ball thrown to him a whole lot. I love Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook, you know, if you get 14 games out of Dalvin Cook, you're going to be super happy. Najee Harris is the epitome of safe running back. You know, what I mean, he's just never gets hurt. He's going to have 300 plus total touches. Uh, you know, he's not going to be super prolific. He's not going to be amazing, but he's going to be a guy that, you know, you don't have to worry about. You're plugging and playing him every single week. Derrick Henry, another guy that could be the number one running back in fantasy football. Another, a guy that could run for 2,000 total yards. A guy that's, you know, probably going to be around 20 catches at the end of the season. You know, I'm not scared of Derrick Henry at all. I'm, you know, I'm drafting him. To me, he's the number four running back in fantasy football, and I'm not scared of him at all. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is actually being drafted behind in ADP um, on – no, actually, I'm lying. He is uh, – so, Austin Eckler. We'll go to Austin Eckler. He's actually being drafted third. Austin Eckler, uh, you know, a super safe running back because I do think he's going to get the goal line work. But I could see his touches decreasing this year. I could see his – Catches being around the same, and he's still going to be a very good running back for you. Um, you know, I, I actually, I ha I do have. I'm sorry, I have Dalvin Cook ahead of him uh, in my rankings. So you know, to me, it's Jonathan. It's it's CMC, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, and um, no, I'm lying. He's actually behind Derrick Henry too. So he's my number five. But still, I love this dude. I think he's a great running back, and he's going to be good for your fantasy football team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going number one. Uh, I'm going to talk about CMC last because I just, you know, we'll get to that. Jonathan Taylor, another super safe dude that has not, you know, been injury prone at all in, in his college or NFL career. You know, basically almost a lot to be a thousand yards, period. You know, uh, a thousand, <laughs> 1800, you know, 16 to 1800 total yards, period. 
Um, I do think they're going to work in Naeem Hines a little bit more in the passing game, so Jonathan Taylor's pass catching could take a little bit of a hit uh, just because I think they want Naeem Hines to play that more that role a lot more. But Jonathan Taylor is just a dude that's super safe. You don't have to worry about him. You can take him number one. You can take him number two. It, it doesn't matter. He's, he's going to finish in the top three, in my opinion, no matter what, unless he gets hurt. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey. Just the ceiling that Christian McCaffrey gives you is league winning, period. Like, there's no other way to put it. He is a league-winning pick. If you pick Christian McCaffrey you and he plays 14 weeks, you're most likely going to win your league unless those last, you know, those three games or four games he misses are at the end of the season. So Christian McCaffrey is just going to put up huge numbers like he always does. And, you know, he's just the best all-around pass-catching running back in football. And there's, you know, no reason to think otherwise this year. I mean, if you're scared of the injury, I get it, you know, but and, and my I don't rank for for injuries. I, I, I feel like the way he was injured the past couple of years was kind of fluky. I'm not worried about Christian McCaffrey really at all. If I have the number one pick, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey every time, like not without a question, because the ceiling that this guy has is just so much higher than anyone else's. It's not close. So. Love Christian McCaffrey. So that is it for the podcast today, guys. We hope to see you uh, logging in, checking us out, you know, like and follow the podcast. You know, we love you guys. We are going to be here five days a week, and we'll catch you all later.